Hey guys, I got Halima Gibson in the house today. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation. Uh, just learning a little bit about Halima. She is just an amazing healer and it seems like she has a deep understanding of some mystical practices and looks like she's had a great journey to discover these things, which I think we all go on. And uh, was even on the news down in South Florida. So I'm excited to uh, dive into some of these practices that you're doing and um, share with our audience with you. So thanks for being here, Halima. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you. Yeah. So you brought up a few things um, before we started here. Um, one of them was uh, the mystical side of Islam. And I don't know if anyone else kind of sparks an ear to that, but Maybe before we get into that, uh, could you share with us a little bit about, you know, your beginning of your journey, maybe what it was like before you got into some of your practices that you're doing, and then kind of what happened? Sure, uh, I'd be very happy to. Um, so I feel that I have lived and continue to live a very blessed life. I, I believe nothing happens by accident and nothing happens in a vacuum. So with that being said, I, I will tell you... Um, that my spirit was dying. Let's just like get right into it. I felt like, so it was actually a, a huge awakening. I know you talk about awakenings a lot in your podcasts and things like that. Um, so um, the awakening was during a hurricane. I think, I don't know if it was Wilma or um, it was one of those big hurricanes in Florida. And um, I was actually not doing what my profession was, which at the time was a licensed massage therapist. I've been a massage therapist for 27 years and that's a whole another uh, part of the journey. The, the bottom line of that was that that brought me into energy work. I found a whole nother realm of possibilities when I became a massage therapist. So anyway, so- Wait, Could you just- dive into that a little bit more. Um, so sure. I, I know I just, I don't know if anybody's heard of him, but I, I got out of a Donnie Epstein um, retreat a few weeks ago. I don't know if you know who he is. Uh, he does network care chiropractic. Oh, sure. Of course I know who he is. Oh yeah. He was yes. Already... I used to work for a network chiropractic. Wow. Uh, okay. Place. So yes. he was showing me energy by wow yes you of... would like literally go like this oh yeah and you would see i i witnessed that i worked for a network chiropractic uh one of the beginning uh places in my massage therapy career and i literally watched a woman go like this and i saw three vertebrae pop right into place through her t-shirt i could not believe it it was the most amazing thing yeah, the whole experience was pretty incredible. Oh, that is um, so cool. So is that is is that where I'm at with massage therapy, where you kind of see and learn how energy moves through the body? Through yes. Movement? Okay. Yes, actually, um, what it was was um, going to massage school from being in the retail industry. You know, I've had to have quite a journey to get where I am now, and I feel like it's all been. Uh, supportive, like nothing is wasted. I really don't have any regrets of anything that has happened in my life. So I was in um, retail, really feeling like it was um, more superficial. 
you know, is helping a lot of uh, women with uh, expensive clothing, and they were using six different credit cards and hiding half of them in their, you know, in their closets or in their trunk from their husbands. And they said, there has to be more to life. Kind of like going back, I kind of said the same thing when I felt like my spirit was dying, when I had this um, awakening experience uh, going into the other path that I was going to talk about. So, you know, there are pivotal places in our lives where there's like a turning point. And I just felt like there was just more. Like I wanted to do more to contribute to society than, um, you know, just helping women feel temporarily better about themselves through wearing, you know, stylish, uh, you know, type of clothing that they felt good about. You know, image, I, I work from now from the inside out when more of that was an outside in. So that's been proud of my journey, actually, going from the outside in. If anybody hasn't and noticed, I, the name of this podcast is Plug Into Your Life, Transform yes, from the Inside Out. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm cool. all about this. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So plugging in into the inside. So uh, fast forward, so I became a massage therapist and it opened up a whole world of energy, got into Reiki. I'm a Reiki practitioner as well. I got into different types of energy healing massage. And then I ended up in healing school. And that's what I was gonna share with you. So basically I actually was on the Sufi path. Uh, it's spelled S-U-F-I. And um, actually um, Rumi is one of the most famous Sufis. You're familiar with the poetry of Jaladin Rumi? No. <laughs> oh, he's Sorry. all over Facebook. <laughs> okay, I'm sure I may have seen it, but I was- You have. Okay. You have. Um, so it's Rumi, R-U-M-I? Yeah, the, okay. the crack is where the light comes through. Mm. Uh, beyond ideas between right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Mm, he was a mystic, a poet, uh, and a scholar from this 12th century. And Deepak Chopra made him popular again, which mm. was also part of my journey. I discovered Rumi first and then entered into the path of Sufism, which is the mystical side of Islam. Much like the Kabbalah, is the mystical side of Judaism. So here I am is a hurricane and I am cleaning swimming pools. I'm not giving massages. I was married uh, six months prior and I had a wonderful husband and we really enjoyed spending time together, but cleaning swimming pools because I wasn't, people were more concerned about their roofs and things like that than they did about their body at that time was not exactly what I was meant to do in life. So I said, you know, I love you very much, honey, but there has to be more. Again, that search, isn't that how, we, how it happens? There's a search and we feel like we need more and something's just not right inside. You know, something just doesn't feel right inside. So my spirit wasn't doing what it was meant to do. And I knew that deep down. So I ended up getting a healing session from one of my friends 
who was the one who actually introduced me to a chanting circle called a zikr, where I had another epiphany. Now, many people have uh, practiced yoga, I'm sure, um, that listen to your channel, and it's a chanting. It's chanting the name of God inside your heart. It's an invocation of the name. So in doing that, that opens up heart and it moves the spirit. And it's like bringing light in front of you and inside of you. And it's connecting to that divine power, spirit God that we have inside of us. So it's like calling out something that's already there. And it's like a circular movement, which also is very similar in Qigong when you're moving the breath or in yoga. So I was practicing this already and I had an amazing epiphany where, so a little bit more of my background, which will all come together. I was brought up Jewish. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there was something that was missing, not because it wasn't there, you know, because it's not available, but for me personally, for my heart, for my soul and my spirit, I didn't feel that depth. I was longing for God. I was longing for that bhakti, that, that devotion to God. And I just wasn't receiving it um, in what I had grown up in. You know, they sometimes say that people leave their path they leave their religion, they leave their background, even the prophets, like nobody was a prophet in their own land. They had to leave even Jesus and come back, <laughs> you know what I mean? To be yeah. recognized and acknowledged. So for me, I found that reverence enchanting the names of God. There's Allah, which means the one, there's Yahweh, there's Adonai, there's Hashem. All of these are awe-sounding uh, vibrations that resonate inside our being. And that awe-sound is what we're born with. We're born saying ma and da as our first words. So after having this amazing experience with the zikr, I also got to experience the, um, the healing session. And this healing session made me change the course of my life. And it basically said, well, you could go out and you could, you know, put up a shingle and make yourself uh, an office and become a massage therapist, professional, have a, you know, a, a shingle on your door that says massage therapy, or you could go to healing school. And I kind of felt that going to healing school was a much bigger opportunity for what was possible than, you know, nothing wrong with becoming a massage therapist and, you know, putting yourself out there, but this was a much broader message. And this was something I could not ignore. So my friend told me I'm in healing school and I would love nothing better than to share this. I'm in my last year I'd love nothing more than to share this with you. So there was something, you know how you get that message, you get that whisper, you get that person who says exactly what you need to hear at that time. That was it, done. I went home, I told my beloved husband, 
I am going to healing school. It's in California. He did not hear it was for three years. You do it a year at a time. And I have to do this. And you know what? When you are so certain about what is next in your life, the way is paved just like your picture with the beach and the path to the beach. You cannot prevent when it's something that is made and meant for you, you cannot help but have it happen, right? Halima, I, I gotta, before we move on to some, your, the rest of your story, which is so great, um, I wanna kinda unpack some of that stuff because I think a lot of people, oh, you're just resonating with my whole life. I mean, <laughs> so I, not only did I walk away from my whole life, because I knew that feeling inside in that path was calling me for many years, actually. Um, I think a lot of people have that going on right now. And there's like a huge shift going on where people are kind of stepping into their purpose, you know. And if you're listening right now, I just want you to pay attention to that. Because sometimes people, when they have that feeling, they feel like they need something external to make them feel better, which you brought up clothes and all kinds of addictions. Um, Real things. You know, gets pulled into their cell phones, uh, buying things, uh, traveling or, you know, um, so I just want people to kind of hear that, that when you have that sensation going on and let me know if this is how you feel, like, instead of trying to force, because I, I feel like the comfortableness of that life, because it's like a routine and habit, that scaredness, that fear of stepping into something unknown, I think is what holds people back. It's what held me back um, from taking that step. And, uh, would you give anybody like any type of, uh, encouragement or some type of some, some, something, you know, that you would mention about that process? Because I feel like there's a lot of people I talk to that are, are feeling that way and they're just so stuck and they don't know how to step into a new life. Like, what would you say about that? Well, first of all, I agree with you 100%. I actually have found that part of my calling perhaps is to bring that up, is that we're grieving. A lot of us are grieving our old lives the way it was before COVID. It's not just about the passing of a beloved, which did happen to me as well. Um, and that was part of the journey. Sorry about that. What happened there? Yeah. Hope we can edit that. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> if not, that's part of life too. Keep it real. Anyway, right. Yeah, no. So the bottom line is really that I would encourage anybody to listen, to listen to what they're hearing and to get in touch, to recognize that they're feeling something. Even if they don't know what it is, I would invite them to take a moment and stop and breathe. In Qigong, in Chinese medicine, we breathe into our bellies like in yoga and just feel what's going on, not to resist it. That's the big thing. That's what a lot of people do. They hear something, they think about something, and then they say, no, 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 that can't be it. Or it's not, it could be so simple. It's a whisper. Yeah. It's a dream you have. It's a sign you see. You know, one time I was dating and I saw somebody 
and there was a sign on his car that said unconditional love on his windshield. Like that's exactly what I was looking for. And it literally was on his windshield. So these messages, they're on license plates, they're in songs. Listen to these whispers. And instead of just ignoring them, maybe going inside, breathing into it and asking. One of the biggest things that I have learned in the asking we receive, so many of us try to figure it out without asking. And if you have some belief in higher power, spirit, God, whatever, even going inside and asking your higher self, please help me. I do not know, but you do. It's in bowing our head. And in, in Sufism, you take this beautiful, enlightened mind, you bring it here. And from this vantage point, there is a whole nother perspective. It's like turning the camera, the projector comes down and it just opens. And from that place, you start listening to this more. So you honor your intuition, you honor your dreams, you honor the song that brought tears to your eyes and you are brought on a journey. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. And I, um, it just brings up, uh, like, for instance, if I get a text message from someone and it says, oh, I can't even think of a sentence right now, but uh, uh, I don't know, you can say hello at 10 different ways, right? Based on the emotion that you have when you're saying it to somebody. So if I read a text message and I have the emotional state of anger and I read that in that state, I'm going to perceive that person's message as a, a resentful message. Every right? message, yeah. But to change my perception, I believe, would mean to change my state. And if I can't seem to do that, or I'm looking at my life in the lens of an emotion like that, um, sometimes it helps to have someone else in your life looking at the same thing from a different angle. And I think that's when a real superpower starts to happen and how somebody like yourself or a teacher or somebody that's already gone this path can really supercharge your growth and kind of fast track um, your spiritual development. So it's, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I will tell you, that's what happened was I found my spiritual guide in a, a, a 78 year old Sufi master from Jerusalem who spoke barely any English. <laughs> he was the one who started the healing school I went to. Wow. Yes, because he was charged to come to America to teach us how to connect more deeply with God. Three years. Yeah, well, it actually turned out to be five, but he didn't know that at the time. And it wasn't that I lived there. What was really cool, it was a retreat. It was like being there for a week or 10 days at a time. And then you went back into your life. So you used all the tools and you were being supported by the most incredible uh, faculty of people that were so loving. You know how you ever get into an experience where people anticipate what you need before you even know you need it? 
feel really uh, appreciated. Yeah. Even better than my grandparents were wonderful, you know, God bless them, but they were even more loving than my family because they knew what the main goal was to teach us how to deeply connect with God, higher power spirit, whatever you call it, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And you learn to find and fine tune the way that it works for you. You know, you come in with all these tools in your toolbox, you know, we get all this knowledge, we learn all this really great information, we have these great experiences, and then there's the integration. And when you integrate it on a cellular level, because when you are chanting and invoking the names of God, you are using sacred language. Um, Did you know that um, Aramaic, Arabic, Hebrew, and Sanskrit are holy sacred languages. I didn't know that to some extent, yeah. Yeah, they carry energy and light. So when you're invoking them, different than our, you know, try saying God, God, there's an ah sound, but try saying Allah or Hashem. It brings in a different energy and it's reading light. They say that in Aramaic and Hebrew and Arabic, there is an angel on each letter, on the left and on the right. So you're reading light language. Beyond our English, it carries deep inside our DNA and it can help rewire you, just like you were talking about before. I I just want to open that up a little bit more um, because I've actually heard chanting a few times now the past week and it's something i never really dove into i I did live with someone that was buddhist um for a little while and she would go out and do these chantings and at the time i I wasn't uh in the spiritual space i am right now and i was just thinking like how does that help at all (laughs) you know but then as i've developed and i've learned that words can kill someone literally like they did this experiment uh in schools and a couple other famous people have done this experiment um since but they put two plants that looked exactly the same in a room uh one on the other side one the other and then they would bully one you're oh you're a horrible plant you know all these negative things and then the other one they would love on it same light same water all that stuff and sure enough the one that they were speaking badly to like wilted and almost died and the other one grew twice as big Mm -hmm. and what i started to realize was that how we talk to ourselves how we talk to other people you know in the bible even says you know uh uh in the beginning there was the word and the word was god you know and i I, we're the only animal on this planet that has a, a speakable language that we can change and manipulate and do things with And I feel like now that I've kind of grown an understanding on this, like words can carry such an emotional charge to them. And if it's like a a global consciousness, you know, based in history, that's used words for meaning, like what you're talking about. Now I understand, and if I'm wrong, let me know. But I, I think that words by chanting them, 
at first you don't really embody the word. I feel like when I, I started to kind of try to do this, but then as you keep doing it, it's like each word, each time you use it, it gets more meaningful, more powerful, more present in the, the word. And then by doing that, is that what's happening? Like then yes. continuing yes. it, you're allowing that presence. You're allowing the vibration to move mm -hmm. inside of you. And if you do it enough, just like with meditation, it is a form of meditation, but it's an invocation. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it opens and it widens inside of you. It brings light. Mm -hmm. And that light, just like when you put a light in the room, in a dark room, it has to change things. It can't keep things the same. So the more you do it, it creates a foundation inside your being. It's almost like you're like bringing in the tree, you know, that you're like lighting up the, um, or connecting with that holy tree inside your heart where it has deep roots, just like in Chinese medicine, because I've been able to integrate both Sufism and Chinese medicine into my practice, breathing in and allowing it to come in, it grows deep roots down in through the center of the earth, down into the ground. So, you know, the, um, the, the term to be in the world, but not of it. So as above, as below, when you're in that alignment is what you're talking about. Mm. When you're in that alignment, you get your messages more clear and everything comes in and it makes a protection. That's the other thing. Chinese medicine, we talk a lot about protection in Sufism as well, protecting your heart. So it's like you feel so much love in your heart from that vibration and from that continual chanting that it gets really big inside but you also have this place where you want to honor your heart. So you're selective on how you give it. You give with a whole heart, but you also keep a place that is connected and protected and guided. So it helps you to speak the words that come out of your mouth. So you mentioned a beautiful thing about the way we hear things and the way we speak. There's a word in Arabic, it's called adab, A-D-A-B, or adab. It's politeness. It's a way of being with yourself. It's a way of being with other people. And it's a way of being with God. Oh, and yeah. you can feel the vibration just shifted. Yeah. It got really, really quiet. Yeah, and anybody listening that's not familiar with vibration and all these terms, I, I love to give the example. Um, when you walk into a room and somebody's fighting, you can feel that fight, even if they're not saying anything anymore, nothing's happening, you know, they're not throwing stuff now. You walk in and you're just like, what's going on? You know, <laughs> that's a vibration of anger or resentment, but you walk into a room where, I don't know, uh, uh, I don't know, somebody just made love or something, you know, uh, you're like, okay, what, what are you guys uh, doing? Something, something's different here. <laughs> yeah. 
that's a vibration, you know, and you want to yeah. go hug your best friend or somebody because you're feeling that. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, there's also another saying that Jesus said, there's energy in numbers. And when two or more gather in my name. So when you have a group of people doing the same thing with the Chinese, when they do the gong, it creates a sound vibration that resonates yeah. all through and not just the people, but it can be the building. It can be your community. It can be the whole surroundings. So, you know, it's like when you drop something in a puddle, you know, you drop a stone in the ocean, it, it has to create a ripple effect. The same way as the light, turning on the light in a dark room. Yeah, love that. Okay, so you, you um, started practicing these, you had some great uh, spiritual experiences, got into chanting, you did your heal school. And so what were some of the unfoldment of your life after that? And how did your relationships change? What was the school like? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, you know, it's funny when I talk about when I was trying to tell my kids what school was like, because they were like preteen, not yeah. quite, you know, and they were thinking mom was pretty crazy, actually. You know, they, yeah. I would go I would go away for like a week or so. And then, you know something sometimes really major would happen because you know i don't know about you but when you go into a conscious process stuff happens the things that don't work they start to like move out of the way yeah. and they don't always move out of the way gracefully i was not exactly you know talk about you know being spiritual and going inward it can be darn messy it yeah. really you know if you're really gonna rub against the grain and that's why we need people you know, it's very easy to be spiritual on a mountaintop, but bring people involved and especially loved ones. And they're going to really push all of your buttons. So here's Miss Spiritual comes home and then life happens, you know? Yep. So I told my kids it was like Hogwarts. <laughs> the only way I could describe what healing school might be like was like I was with a bunch of people that were basically feeling outside of the world, outside of their families, a lot like I did and didn't feel like they quite fit in. And we all got together <laughs> and they had, a lot of them had extrasensory perception. Some people could hear things, some people could see things. You know, there were all these misfits on the outside, but we all found a home together. So my experience of school taught me how to live in the world, but not of it. And then I was able to bring that in. I, I started to study Chinese medicine afterwards because, you know, I don't know about you, but when you meditate or anybody that's out there, you know, you can have these really amazing expanded experiences where you feel up and out and so expanded and wide. But there's also this place where when you go chanting and breathing in, it's actually going deep inside. It's more of an embodied experience so it's not this fleeting up and out it's down and in and it's actually like in and in and in and in almost like into different layers of your heart almost to the back of your spine where your soul is 
When I said that my spirit and my soul was dying inside, that's very, very deep. Yeah. You know? I felt that type of dying. Yeah. yeah. I was very successful on the outside. Mm-hmm. But when that spirit's dying, it is, it's a suffering. Yeah. Hmm. And it can be the biggest awakening of your life. And it was. If you allow it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. And um, yeah, loving this. So, okay. So you get out, your family borderline thinks you're crazy, which I think, you know, but, you know, you're doing something right. If everyone yes, looks like you're crazy. But <laughs> you asked me how it changed me. They noticed something different. They felt something different. I was more compassionate. I was more loving to my family and not just my children, but my husband and my ex-husband. So it did have a ripple effect. It's like you do, see, that was the thing about going to healing school. I was so, and I'm sure you've experienced this, when you know, even though everybody could be against you, and I've had those times too, you just know you have to follow this. And you don't necessarily know why, but it's bigger than you. And you have no choice. So you take chills. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Step by step by step. And you go into that unknown. And it's incredible what happens. And it does. It changes every single thing in your life. So they felt. They didn't understand it. But they felt something different. And then when I taught my first class online, my mom, God bless her, didn't understand what I was doing. She was the first one on the call, probably doing laundry at the time, but she was on the call (laughs) because she felt something. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So it's a domino effect. Now, did your kids and um, husband at the time get started to get curious and get involved with some practices? Actually, I taught my son about the sound and the sacred sound of the ah. And I told him that we use the name Allah, but you can use any name that feels good to you. So he actually came up with hallelujah, which actually has three or four, hallelujah. So he really came up with a big one. And he actually did practice it for a little while. And um, my daughter later on ended up exploring going to NYU for acting. And her friends and her teachers were talking about energy. And she actually had a class in energy work at school, in college. That's yeah, it's actually amazing what's happening now for the young people. Yeah, They're is. getting it so much faster than we did. Uh, well, that's some of the visions I've been given is that the young people and some of the people, kids being born are going to have some of these most incredible spiritual gifts that the planet's ever seen. And that's actually why I'm doing all of this. My passion is um, going through the parents per se, but showing young people that they have these spiritual gifts inside. They are more in touch with it than we are. Oh, yeah. Consider they are our best teachers 
or yeah. one of our teachers. And if parents take the time to listen, see, I didn't in the beginning, you know, the, you asked what was different, you know, we did it because we were told and because I said so. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I was a little bit rebellious. Every time oh, yeah. they said, because you said so, who says? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Usually I did things that people told me not to do just because. Exactly. Because they told, they told, me told not you to not to do it. Right? Yeah. 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 But when I, I was talking to a, one of my friend's kids about, you know, manifesting because she wanted a best friend. And I was like, well, I got a few tips for you if you want to try it. And I started explaining some things about, you know, getting present. And all of a sudden she gets so excited. She runs in her room and grabs a notepad and starts like writing down like how to do this. And I was like, man, like kids are really craving something new, you know, so cool. Um, and they already, so we're born with this. That's the cool thing, Dylan, is that consider one of the things that, one of the first things that I learned about Sufism was that consider the possibility that we're born perfect and whole and not born of sin. And it is our birthright to be loved and to feel love. And so we're basically, we knew this before we came into the world and then we forget it by design. So we can spend the rest of our lives coming back to that childlike yeah. state that we already knew. Yeah. And that's what the kids are coming into. They have less, when you start a spiritual path as a young person or recognize, you know, when parents are, have some of this inside of them that they can support this. You know, these kids are born, they call them indigo children. They are born already in this light. And yeah. if they are supported in that, like you said, there are, there's no, there's no limits. No limit. To what's possible. Yeah. And if yeah. they have that connection and they learn that they're not separate from God, at least that's, you know, what I have learned from my experience. And I tell people, don't just listen to me, try it for yourself that they have so much opportunity to do the work that they were meant to do in the world. That's what that cry is. Consider it's we all have a purpose, like you said. And once you find that, your life takes on a whole new hue. Yeah, for sure. And you know about what I'm talking. Yeah, everyone thought I was crazy. And I was like, nope. I know it. Like I know it with every cell in my body. And sure enough, it took a couple of months. I just did a lot of meditating and everyone's like, you need to do this. You need to start working. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> like I know spirits here. And sure enough, I start leaving my house and magical stuff started happening. Serendipity, synchronicities, and just all of a sudden things just start flowing to me. When you step in your power and your purpose, stuff gets real it gets magical it's really cool our life is supposed to be like that consider that's supposed to be normal yeah. we treat it as some mystical you know thing what if that was actually the norm it's becoming normal i believe that yeah and you know and i also say like what's normal you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and even that level, (laughs) even that level that we're looking at right now, eventually someday that's going to be crazy and there's going to be a whole new level, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, actually it's going to be old hat and then there's going to be a whole new level perhaps because, um, what if this, this change and this shakeup is actually waking people up? Yeah, and it's that. actually having them choose. I mean, I'm a little bit more mature, even though I'm young in spirit, than you, as far as at least age-wise. Um, although you're an old soul, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, the difference is, right? The difference is, is they're getting it faster. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. wanting to serve in the world quicker. Yeah. So Halima, we're, we've gone over a lot of your journey so far. And I think a lot of people um, can tap into any of these modalities that you've learned and gone through. So that leads you into um, your life's changing, relationships are changing. And you mentioned, you know, it's not a, a pretty process sometimes. It's you know, not it's, linear, you know, it's not you linear. Can, yeah, you can feel <laughs> like, you know, connected and enlightened in one area and completely in the, in the pain, you know, in the shit hit the fan, excuse my language. Yeah. Yeah. I like to say I'm still on the roller coaster. Like I love it when people say, aren't you supposed to, or isn't he supposed to be spiritual? How, why is he talking like that? And I'm like, (laughs) it's all spiritual. (laughs) You know, it's like your life becomes a spiritual practice. Yeah. Not just the work, not just, you know, um, everything in your life. Yeah. becomes a spiritual practice, cooking, cleaning, you know, they say after spirituality, do laundry, you know, it's still wax on, wax off, <laughs> yeah. you're still doing laundry, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then that started leading you into um, helping others. And I assume. Yeah, actually that was um, one of the greatest things was first, the first year about healing school is about yourself, learning how to heal yourself. And then when you start to um, get more grounded in that, then you learn to help others. But you learn how to help yourself through doing healing sessions together. So it's a really beautiful way of being able to see yourself as a mirror. Because if you believe that everything is a mirror, there is so much more power and opportunity to uh, do your, uh, your practice and like I said, it's easy to be spiritual when you're by yourself. Yeah. But when you have a beloved who's also on the growth of uh, the path of growth, watch out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It is going to be a bumpy ride. But the best yes. you can. Yeah, and the people you care about most, it's usually the most challenging to, um, I think it's just because of our attachment to the past, you know, but. Yeah. So that's another thing. So you asked me about how I use this in my life as a teacher, as a guide, as a practitioner, and I'm a student. I'm going to be a student of Sufism till the day I die because I'm a student of life. But through experiences, or I should say, and through experiences, you understand it a little bit quicker, God willing, and you get out of it faster, God willing. But I will tell you, One of the biggest lessons I learned was with my beloved when he was dying of cancer. 
I was not his spiritual teacher. I was not his spiritual guide. I was not his healer. I was his caregiver. And I talk about attachments and letting go of attachments. I had to let go of the attachment that he should do his cancer journey like I want him to. Oh, yeah. So I had to bow my head in surrender to what God was making. And, you know, he had stage four cancer, colorectal cancer, and we did a gazillion and one natural remedies, but he still wanted chemo and he still wanted medication. And that was one of the hardest things that me as a healer, as an alternative medicine practitioner had to deal with. I had to take this hand and this hand behind my back and just say, God, you know, put my head down on the ground and I do not help me. And that was the most incredible journey that I have ever been on to this date. It took so much about letting go of attachments what was really important in life. We would spend an, an entire day pretty much just laying in bed, looking at each other, holding each other, you know, all the laundry and the dishwasher and, you know, whatever was around us just didn't matter. And he actually did pass. Not everybody does. Some people can find healing, you know, after stage four, there are all kinds of miracles. But his miracle was much bigger than that. It was about reconnecting with God because he had turned away from God, from his Bible Baptist upbringing, which is a whole nother story. He reconnected with his father, who he hadn't seen in 20 years, who came four months before he passed. And the bigger lesson of all was we don't know what our spiritual journey is about. We think sometimes it's about money, it's about fame. He was gonna be the realtor of the year. He was gonna write the hero's journey of how he survived cancer. But you know what his lesson was, Dylan? It was about love. It was about giving and receiving love. And he learned that. He learned that through being married to me with my children and my family. He learned what giving and receiving really was. And because, forgive me, he was incapacitated. I was like cleaning his diapers at one point. Colorectal is definitely messy. You can't be spiritual with that one, even if you try. However, he could not drive. He had to be taken care of. That's exactly what he needed to let go of the fact that he could do everything himself. He had to be in that needy place, which we all have at some point. Trying to make something happen doesn't always work. We got to let go and allow what happens. And his journey was love to give and receive. And he was done. He got more connected to God. You know what I, I learned? Um, I had a near-death experience. And when I saw the other side, it was like, all of a sudden, when you let go of death is a bad thing, it's like, I feel like a lot of our fear 
and angst and like frustration with somebody going through that is this sensation that they need to stay alive and they death it's it that's the last thing that happens and i'm gonna lose this person now but when you have an understanding you have a spiritual experience or even in that i believe that like in some cultures they celebrate death you know because and what i saw on the other side was that we live many lives and that when you when you realize that you are not the body and the thinking you are the awareness of the body and the thinking and the energy behind that um all of a sudden like i learned that you know when we come here for the experience that's the only reason we're here is to experience ourselves outside of ourselves which is of god god experience itself outside of itself so that it can see itself come back to itself <laughs> this evolution of finding love and how we how how we handle ourselves outside of love and then coming back to love um it's it's actually a beautiful thing you know um and each person has their own journey and i i think my awakening was when i realized that it's so hard to change myself how am i going to change this other person to think like i want them to think you know, and you're, you're so right. I think learning to let go of that outcome and that attachment and just be present in someone's life. Yeah. Trying to, you know, how they say that trying to make something, make somebody change. It's like doing this, like how many <laughs> yeah. times you're going to do this till you get, it's not working. Yeah. You have the possibility is when you recognize that is to flip it and work on yourself and ask what is triggering me from that person. You can learn from every single person and experience if you're willing to turn it around and see what is it inside of me that is connected and feeling triggered about that. Yeah, so good. Um, I can't believe it's already been an hour. <laughs> Like, I can go on with this stuff for so long. I just love these topics. Oh, yeah, me too. This is my life. And that was what happened. I found through going through healing school, I learned what my purpose was. And that was to help people connect more deeply with God, however they need to for their journey. So that I had found my purpose. All right. So if anybody's listening and this is any of this is resonating with you or you feel that feeling inside, or maybe you've already made steps in your purpose direction, or you may be going through a challenging time in your life. And it would be nice to have someone that's walked these path and is able to um, assist with healing and guidance and give you that new perspective on life. Uh, I'm going to put the links down below to reach Halima, but you can go to her website, halimashealinghaven.com and check her out, get connected with her and get started on your journey sooner rather than later. And yeah, I offer a free complimentary 60 minute breakthrough session, kind of, you know, something like what we just did. I mean, how do you feel right now? Oh, you know, I, I just sharing <laughs> this, like sometimes when something is so good, like just taking that moment to just kind of marinate in that sensation, you know, like sometimes when there's a pause in between, you can feel that, that loving energy, that, that calmness. Yeah. 
And it spirals. And not only that, but when you learn how to breathe and chant with invoking the divine names, it's like the breath, it starts with the breath, the breath breathes you. And the experience around you, it's seamless. Yeah, I love that. Mm. That's my experience. And I've helped people with cancer, with very scary labels to help them heal and teach them. I teach people how to fish. You know, there are people that that um, come and they want somebody to help them heal them. But I teach people how to help themselves. That. And I'm on that journey with you. So, you know, it's it's what I, I can't help not do it. You know, at this point, it just comes out. And you've helped people with anger, anxiety, back pain, Bell's palsy, cancer, tumors, family members, fear heartbreak, migraines, all kinds of uh, things. And I, I believe truly that, you know, people like yourself that are, they're out there, they're standing in the light. Um, I just want to uh, shout to the world, like, there's a better way. There's, there's, there's a, there's a light inside of you that you can spark, you know, and uh, people like yourself will help people fan that, that ember inside of them to grow. And it's such a beautiful process. And if anyone's listening, just be patient, start seeking, start asking for help and uh, get connected to Halima. <laughs> yeah, that would be my honor and pleasure, Dylan. I, I feel so honored. I mean, you know, I think you even asked one of the questions, like, how can we help the young people? This is it. Yeah. Do our own work and watch them grow. Yeah. We keep putting fingers out, but the more we actually do our own stuff, things around us magically change. And I know that from my own experience. My experience too. Yeah. yeah. I used to go around telling everybody what they need to do <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> when I first discovered some of this stuff. Yeah, boy, he's when I realized, bossy. <laughs> nobody wants to hear it, you know, and, but when you embody it and you just stay in your own energy, you will attract the people to you that are ready to hear it. Absolutely. that are you know and um it's so beautiful halima lightning round i can't believe it's been an hour holy cow um <laughs> right it, <laughs> i guess i know the, i know when you're in the present moment there's no time i guess so no time or space that's right uh i just want to ask you one question so if you had to say one i know you listed a lot of stuff on here but if you had to say one thing that somebody could check out today um, a book or show, podcast, movie, something in your life that somebody could check out today, what would that be? So one of the best things for people who are either starting on their journey is a really great book called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Mm. A lot of times people who want to feel more living from their heart, that's a great book. Okay. If you want to get a little bit more esoteric and you want to start diving into deeper teachings, which I can help you with, would be Music of the Soul by Sidi Al-Jamal Al-Rafai Ashadali. That's my spiritual guide who is now passed. Um, may God preserve his spirit. And um, that is a deeper walking into your soul and your spirit. Love it. Well, Alima, I want to thank you so much for being on here. We're going to have to dive into some deeper topics another time. Yeah, I'd be happy to come back. This is awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah. And uh, if anybody's listening, uh, keep going, keep seeking, keep searching, you know, ask and you shall receive and uh, plug into your life. Thanks, Alima. <laughs> Thank you. God bless.